another edition of the My Wim Life Show. I am Wendy Alexander, and I am joined by my sweet friend, Joyce Blue. Um, we met several years ago via some kind of a networking <laughs> thing of some kind, um, and, and really didn't make a super strong uh, uh, connection necessarily at that point. But then I saw her post that she lost her roommate for a cruise and it was leaving in about two weeks. And I was in a position that, uh, that was a new adventure that I wanted to try out. So I answered her message and said, I'll be your roommate on a cruise. Let's do this. <laughs> we didn't even know each other very well, but we had a great time. And I met some amazing people, which is, literally what my whole life is really about, which is connecting people. Um, so thank you for letting me be your roommate on a cruise last year. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. In fact, I think we were the last cruise ship that went out before they grounded them all because of COVID. They did, yeah. We, we got back, I think the day we got back, they halted all cruise ships at that point. Yeah, so. in fact, I met some ladies at the airport that were supposed to get on our same ship. And they were trying to figure out how to get home because they had arrived from, I can't remember, Arizona or someplace. Yeah, and, and couldn't go. Yeah. They canceled everything. Yeah. And they didn't find out until they got there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to actually experience it. That was my one and only cruise that I've ever done. So yeah. we'll have to see what the future brings. Maybe there's <laughs> another one in your Maybe. future. <laughs> from our cruise are going to let me get out of it. <laughs> uh, so tell everyone a little bit about who Joyce is. Who Joyce is. Wow. Okay. So um, I was raised by an entrepreneur father and he grew up in this little teeny town in mid-Missouri and at 14 he hopped a freight train and went to California. Um, how he got there with no GPS, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> anywhere, I don't know where I'm going. I always have to use my cell phone maps. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I joined the CCCs, and he became a military drill sergeant. And then when he was medically discharged, he opened up his own upholstery business. And he said the reason he left was because the only thing to do there was to get drunk and get in fights. And he wanted something better. Yeah. for his life so yeah. um, I always loved him for that yeah but he taught me at a really young age about money and how to be empowered financially and um, I so wish every parent would do that right oh yeah because yeah. you know don't get me started on that we'll be talking the last 30 <laughs> minutes about that but you know it's like if your parents were not empowered and did not teach you yeah. Unless you're self-taught, you have no idea. And the bad thing is, you think you know, and you don't know what you don't know, and that's yeah. what gets a lot of people into trouble. Absolutely. So anyway, just past my 20th birthday, I had about seven grand in the bank, and I got married. I fell in love with this cook at this restaurant that I worked at. And coming from a very stable, comfortable, middle-class family, didn't know all the important questions to ask, like, why don't you have your own bank account? And how do you, you know, see your financial situation in five years or any of that kind of stuff, right? 
So right, I could wear my rainbows and butterflies right, at that exactly, point. <laughs> exactly. I could wear my bank account because he didn't have one of his own. And within six months, all the money was gone. We were in debt and he had become extremely physically abusive. So I followed him out on the driveway one night because I'd never been in debt in my life and I had no idea what that felt like and I hated it, right? It was the most horrible, um, overwhelming, possessed my every waking thought kind of thing and I just did not funk. I was like, I just can't do this, right? Yeah. Followed him out on the driveway one day when he was on his way to work because I knew he didn't have time to beat the crap out of me and trying to get him, you know, this was back when you had to come home with your paycheck because there was no direct deposit. Yeah. And so he got up in my face and he said to me, you will never leave me because you love me too much. And he got in his car and he drove away. And I was like, I was a pretty fearless kid growing up. I had three older brothers yeah. who were quite a bit older than me. So to realize at that moment the situation that I was in, um, you know, I don't know if you know anybody that's ever been in a physically abusive relationship, but it becomes disempowering extremely quickly, yeah. even for the strong. Oh, yeah. And um, so anyway, I went inside and I cried. And then I um, took a big sobbing breath at that moment yeah. and listened to the little voice inside me that said, hey, hang on a second. You don't need him. You created everything that you had before you met him, yeah. and you can go do it again. Yeah. So I grabbed my car keys and I drove to my parents' house and I got my dad's Pinto station wagon <laughs> <laughs> and proceeded to move everything out that I came into the marriage with and moved back to my parents. Yeah. Um, within three days, I had a room in a home that some of my co-workers were renting just happened to be looking for a roommate yeah. and um, opened up a new account closed the other one there was no money in it anyway yeah and uh, within six months i had all the debt paid off and um, was paying extra again on my car yeah. and then i had people starting to go wait a minute how did you do that? Yeah. Teach me how to do what you just did. So and you're for, still in your early twenties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for years, just I just taught people how to get out of debt. It was just like something that somebody knew I knew how to do that, and they would say, "Hey, go talk to Joyce because you know she can help you." And so then, like 2016, somebody said, "You know, you could get paid for doing that." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I got into coaching. I started out as a life coach and teaching people how to get out of debt. And it just kind of like went, turned into neuroscience from there and then morphed into financial services. And yeah, here I am. I think that's so fascinating because 2016 was the same year that I was doing coaching, business coaching. And oh. someone said, you know, people will pay you for this. And I was like... <laughs> just being helpful yeah. this was a, the knowledge that I had a skill that I had was happy to share it yeah. um, thank God for good friends who will tell <laughs> right? us what we are just completely <laughs> blind to see
<laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing yeah. how that happens? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so uh backtracking a little to okay. the abusive relationship, I yeah. totally identify with that. I was in a very abusive relationship, except for I let it continue for almost 10 years Wow! before I finally got out, um, you know, because I just didn't feel like that there was any way I could do it on my own. Unfortunately, I had, we had children mm -hmm. uh, involved, and I was like, I don't even have a full-time job. He doesn't allow me to work full-time, so right. how do I, how can I, I can't even make the house payment, much less electricity and you know, all the things. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So um, I get that totally at the bottom. I am drowning in debt and I have not enough money to just put food on the table yeah. kind of a feeling. So it's, yeah. it's tough. It it's is. tough to make that call. It is. And, you know, it's like making the call is tough, but then that's just the beginning, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all the little steps that you have to get through mentally and emotionally um, yeah. and financially. Yeah, you repeatedly have to make that same choice over yeah. and over and over again for months mm -hmm. afterward um, so that you can keep that, that separation. Because yeah. at any time, you know, we, we see that in, in abused women regularly. They they get out and they go to the police and, and, you know, when things are bad, but it's so easy to not make that decision the next day or the right. next day or the next day. Um, it's much, much harder to do what is honestly best for you. For you. Because that just seems so, it, it seems like the long road. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and it, and it definitely is the long road, but in time passes anyway right. i think that's the message that that i would share from mine is that time is going to pass whether you are making the hard choices or the easy choices right what do you want it to look like after the time passes right you know right yeah for sure so 2016 is really kind of when you went oh this is i've been doing this my whole life now i <laughs> did you go from there? Um, I found a coaching course and um, I love learning. I've always loved learning mm -hmm. and even now I have, you know, I just finished NLP certification and, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I'm always trying to learn something either on the coaching side or the financial services side, you know. As you know, you have to stay up on what's new yeah. and what's coming and as well as staying connected to, you know, the roots of right. why you're doing this in the first place. Um, and so I'm always looking for like the next thing to learn. And so I hopped into that coaching course and then I just started on the, you know, entrepreneur carousel where, you know, this person's got this and that person's got that. And, but then you have to like jump off at some point and go, okay, I know what I'm doing. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, I had done it for decades at that point, but you start getting into courses sometimes. And then of course that little voice, you know, you're not good enough to do this and blah, blah, blah. So it's like even being empowered 
financially, I still had some money things that I had to go through because I hadn't been charging for decades, right? Yes. Now all of a sudden somebody wants me to charge people to do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I got to revisit some of my old trash. Um, this is something that I found really fascinating as um, I started to get into neuro-linguistic programming and um, neuroplasticity and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we're dragging stuff from our childhood, as you know. Sure. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we're dragging isn't really ours to be dragging. So you've had kids. Yeah. And you know kids are very self-absorbed until they're about 12, mm -hmm. right? Then they start having a realization of how what they're doing affects, affects others. Right. Yeah. So... But from the time we're born until about seven, we absorb everything that's happening around us as that it's about us. Yeah. So people may have heard a conversation, maybe dad was screaming at mom about how she was horrid with money or, you know, she spent too much on groceries or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And somehow we've taken that on as that it was about us. Right. And so um, sometimes trying to find the string to pull mm -hmm. to unravel all of that can be a little tricky. Yeah. But um, when you find it, it's life changing. Yeah. So but I just love, absolutely love. Digging that, into that digging and finding those things that can help free people from whatever it is that they don't even know really are holding them back. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that. I totally love that. So what what really kind of I mean because financial services is kind of such a wide array. Like what what do you really specialize in, and what do you love most about what you do? Okay, so um. You know, it's funny because I went from teaching people to get out of debt, and I was always turning my investment stuff over to other people. And um, I finally, one day, it's probably been about two and a half years now, went, why the hell am I doing this? Right. You know, this is like a natural progression because I would help people get financially healthy because they were trying to buy the house or buy the car or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, or they were just so overwhelmed, and um, then turning them all over to other people, and I was like, well, then I don't, if I just go get licensed and learn what I don't know, right, then it's, it's like a very logical step. Sure. And so that's what I did. I went out and I got licensed, and I worked, started working with some amazing people that have been doing this for, you know, 25 plus years, yeah. and um, they're all just, Super, and even to this day, we like look at each other's stuff, and it's always nice to have more than one set of eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Thing. Mm -hmm. So, I really like to focus on um, two different areas. One is like the young people that think they don't need to do whatever, um, and teach them the time value of money. Mm -hmm. So, it's like you stick $200 in something and you have 40 years, you're going to get a lot further than if you put something in, in five, 200 bucks in right. five years, right? Yeah. 
you know, so that $200 has multiplied multiple times mm -hmm. by the time they're 60, rather than waiting until you're 55. Yeah. And then it's like you get to find out you can't retire at yeah. 60 or 65. Interest is powerful there. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, the power of 72 is like how many, um, how long it takes your money to double, mm -hmm. and how many times it gets to double before you retire. Yeah. So, um, and then the other one is working with people from about 40 up um, that didn't learn those things when they were young, right? And helping them really turn that around. There's some really powerful thing, um, financial things that you can put your money in where it's safe and you have a floor. Um, so if the market drops 50%, you're not, you may earn zero that year, but you haven't lost anything. Right. Um, they're used by the wealthy for the most part. It's not something that normal financial services industry, unless you have a lot of money to invest, will tell you about. Right. And so um, the people that I work with, um, we work under Transamerica, which is like the broker dealer. And so we have a huge selection of companies that we can um, invest you through. Yeah. Um, so we're not just limited to Transamerica products or Pack Life or something like right. that. So right. I love that because then I'm really, I'm really being a fiduciary with your money and putting you where it's best for you. Sure. And not just what my company's selling that month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it follows the same, very similar lines. You know, I, I always tend to compare things back to, you know, the, the mortgage industry. So mm -hmm. I prefer to send my clients to a mortgage broker that has the availability to look at a wide array of products that are available to them instead of sending them to their local bank, which only right. has their, the products that their bank offers. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. similar. Yeah, exactly. It just, I love that, and that was one of the things that I looked for when I looked to who I was going to align myself with mm -hmm. under financial services, because if I go to get auto insurance, I'm always going to somebody who can look at more than one company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. I think it's, you know, that's part of what makes uh, free enterprise in this country really, really great is yeah. that we do have so many options. I think people don't even know that there's options available. Right. Um, so having that opportunity to sit in front of them and have that conversation just to start is incredible. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love that. So where does the coaching piece of your business really fall in? What are what are some of those conversations that you really love to have? So um, if people are stuck financially and they feel like they can't catch a break or nothing ever goes their way or with those types yeah. of things you know um which we all know are limiting beliefs right they're not truth exactly yep. Yep. exactly in fact that's always about my my free gift on my um landing page is a guide about how to debunk your limiting beliefs about money, reframe them, rewire them. Yeah. And then you can do it with money, you can do it with anything. Totally. Right. And just because I'm focused on money, that's right. You know, kind well, of I think money is a powerful way to see that too, because 
it it's something that you can count. Right. Um, where some of the the limiting limiting beliefs that people have, it's very internal and very emotional, and right. it's hard to see the return and see that shift. Yeah. Where money is literally like you can count it every which way from Sunday. So. Right. It's really an easy way to start going, oh, I see the change. Right. Yeah. So I do women's empowerment and what I call money relationship coaching. Mm -hmm. So money is very linear. Men are very linear. Women yeah. are very relational. Yes. Right? So when you can teach a woman to have that their, her finances are a relationship, just like her spouse or her kids or her dog, yeah. right, then it... it it's like life changing. Yeah. So um, those are some mm -hmm. of my Example. favorite things to do. Well, like if you um, kick your dog every time you walk in the door, right? The dog's not want to come. Gonna want to come and run to you right. anymore. Or if you chase the dog, if you're trying to get the dog and you go chase after that dog, what happens? The dog runs away. The dog runs away. Yeah. And money is the same way. And when I first started to kind of learn this concept, I was like. That is bizarre, right? But it's a whole, again, it's just a different way to look at something, yeah. right? Just like, why do you think that the cops interview everybody at the scene of a crime? Because everybody's going to give them a different story yeah. because of their perspective, right? right? Yeah. And so money is the same way, and our limiting beliefs are the same way. Yeah. And um give you a great example i have this one gal that i've worked with for a year now we just passed our year anniversary together and when i first met her she was like oh i'm fine financially but she wanted to get her first two goals were get through the day without crying and work up the guts to quit her job and get a better one because it was her work environment was really toxic yeah and um but it all stemmed from stuff that happened to her in childhood. Mm -hmm. And even though she thought she was fine financially, she still had limiting beliefs in there that was keeping her from quitting her job and getting through the day without crying right. and being able to feel she was worth getting paid more. Yeah. So um, she quit her job in December and in January started a new job where she's making $40,000 more a year than she was at the beginning of last year. Yeah, that's so yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be super empowering for you as well to be able to watch that transformation right. happen. Too. Oh, yeah. And you, you know, can and probably see it happening before they have right. any idea. Yeah, and there were a lot of times where I said, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> You know, that's like, what would you have done three months ago or two weeks ago or whatever? You know, mm -hmm. when they, they yeah. just, it was just something that they didn't even catch, right? The first time she made it through the day without crying, that was a huge thing, yeah. right? But then days became multiple days in a row and then weeks in a row. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's all you can, as the coach, as you know, you can always see it before the other person really does and then you get to point that out to them and that's like so fun. It is so fun. Yeah. So fun. I love yeah. it. Um, so as an entrepreneur, um, the things that a lot of my viewers love about the show is uh, we talk about what are some of your um, success habits or 
um, routines that you use on a regular basis to keep yourself moving forward. Okay, great. So um, I get up, I'm like one of those five o'clock people. Yeah. And I always, even from the time when my kids were little, um, I always got up to take care of the things I needed to do before anybody else in the house woke up. Yeah. And so I've carried that into, even though now it's just my husband and I, right? And there's no way he's getting up at five o'clock when the alarm goes off. He barely even like wiggles in the bed, right? Yeah. But I still get up and I still do those things that will feed me. Yeah. So, you know, I get up, of course, you take care of all your little bathroom routines in the morning. And then um, I will meditate mm -hmm. and I have this energy meditation that I love, right? We have to find what works for us within that Absolutely. realm. When I first started meditating, you know, monkey mind, right? That little, your mind's always yeah, going, go, 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 go. right? You can't get it to shut up. Right. And so, so I was like, meditate? Are you kidding me? Right. I can't, I there's can't. There's no meditate. way. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> I thought so the same like, thing. <laughs> like two or three minutes was like earth shattering yeah. for me. And so I found this little energy meditation where, you know, because it's like guided, mm -hmm. it gives my mind something to focus on. And then my body can relax and do those things that it does to help me come up with the thoughts that I need for later in the day or whatever. I, love it. Um, I also read my scriptures in the morning. That's a little fun fact, not a lot of people know about me, but um, again, that feed, that's something that feeds my soul, yeah. right? And so just helps me get through the day and as they compound, get through the week. And inevitably something will come up where I'll be able to draw on that, um, even if it's just in my own little personal situations. So, um, but I found that it really helps me be more calm. You know, all those little things, right? Helps you be grounded and be focused and fill up my own cup. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate in, and again, this goes back to toxic relationships, right? If your cup isn't full and you're the one keeping it full, right? Then you're looking for others to fill you up, right? Then those kinds of relationships become toxic, right? If I, like, you made me angry or you did this or you did that, we have to take ownership, right? Yeah. So it's sure. like you can't make me angry unless I let you make me get angry. Yeah. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. I think that is a really hard concept for some people. Um, oh yeah. They just are like, no, they did. You know, he cheated on me, so I'm angry. Right. Mm. I understand that you are feeling angry, but his actions didn't make you feel that way right you are responding mm -hmm. to something that you've internalized is a negative negative thing right so you are feeling that hold on to that right feel it right and then we can let it go but it's still not his fault right you know? Yeah, and that's and hard it, for some. People. It is, well, and it was super hard when I first started realizing that, right? And and having, and again, it's just a shift. And some things we just have to shift slightly to get to a whole different place, yeah. right? But and some people go, oh, well, you know, I don't want to cry. Well, why? 
crying is okay, right? Crying is a release. I have this little thing that I do a lot of times um, when I'm working on video with people, especially in the beginning. Um, I have a little black bag and I have a big black backpack, Yeah. right? And it's like when those things come up, if we don't process them and let them go, those little black bags, they become that big black backpack. And then they become the big black suitcase. Totally. Right? Yeah. And then those are a lot harder to let go. Mm-hmm. And it takes longer. And I mean, you can still do well, because it. Because at some point you're like, no, I, no, I need that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's oh, not yeah. good. Not good. Yeah. When you need an emotion or you need an experience to hold on to. Right. Learn really the hard. lesson. Learn the lesson and let it go. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're still holding on to it for some reason, then there's still a lesson or something about that that you need to learn and let it go. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it will change your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what are some of the, the things that you like to do to, uh, to really keep you motivated during the day because as an entrepreneur we get up and we do the things and in the afternoon we're like and I don't (laughs) no one's telling me I have to stay here and it would be so much nicer to go have drinks somewhere at two (laughs) o'clock but what keeps you on task oh my gosh so I calendar Mm -hmm. and I time block and when I learned to do that that was another thing that was like I was like, no, that's not going to work because I have way my hand in way too many things and I can't do that. And right. but no, it's great. So if anybody's out there wondering about, you know, what to do, how to keep their days reined in, yeah, time block. But um, I love to listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. and I will get on YouTube and I have certain people that I follow, motivational people that I follow, yeah. that I'll go, you know, just like listen to something that they've released recently or whatever and that's what helps keep me motivated because I am um, very kinesthetic so emotional right Mm -hmm. and so those are the types of things that feed me and keep me going other people would be like maybe podcasts or maybe they could go read a book or whatever but I need something that will you know, pump me up emotionally. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Do you dance before you have something really hard to do? <laughs> Sometimes. So, I do too. I do too. I'll be like, oh, I really don't want to do this. We're gonna, we're gonna dance it out. Yeah. 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 Or I'll like walk around and like talk to myself and yep. get to like, okay, you can do this. I know. And everybody's like, like you are so weird. I know. Like, you know what? It's working for me, so I'm gonna keep on doing it. <laughs> What are some of your favorites? Oh my gosh. So um, there was a gal out there and her name is Nicole. And of course, her last name is not going to come to me. Of course not, because I just asked you out of the blue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so she has a great podcast and she also teaches people how to podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, This last year, she's been like, she lives in Canada. And I met her a couple of years ago at an event, but she um, has been like driving all over the U.S. in a van, like during COVID. And so, and she's got cats in the van with her. And so, it's like sometimes her van's broken down. But I just love 
um, listening to her and I like um, Now Fire mm-hmm. and I love Ed Milet. Yeah. He's always got great people. Yes. Um, yeah, Ed Milet. And um, there's one other money guy I listen to, and of course, I can tell you what his thing logo looks like. <laughs> can't think of his name right now. So, but I'll text you when I get home. And yeah, tell me, and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes so that okay. everybody can link to some of your favorite podcasts. I love that. Okay. That's one of the things that my assistant and I were talking about is we're looking, you know, at what's next for the show and how do we grow and, you know, what, what do we want to do differently? How do we want to share? Um, you know, one of the things I think are, what's your favorite podcast? What are your favorite books? Um, I think, you know, people uh, really enjoy finding that stuff out. I know I'm always asking people. Yeah. One of my favorite books. Yeah. And I read this when I was young and it was totally different than why I picked it up. I picked it up because of the title, how to win friends and influence people. Yes. And I picked up that book, changed my life. Totally changed my life. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm such a smart. <laughs> right? Some of those realizations, you're like, oh. I remember my first self-help book. Um, it was called uh, Shut Up, Stop Whining, and Get a Life uh-huh. uh, by Larry Wingett. And that was the first time that I realized that I was playing a victim role in everything that I did. Yeah. It was real eye-opening and really hard for me to deal with but it again it changed my life I have uh, I can identify someone that's a victim Mm -hmm. in about 10 words uh, and uh, sometimes no words at all no (laughs) verbal skill at all Um, you know and and I've also you know I think we all tend to slip in and out of different roles but I you know I learned real quick to start catching yeah. when I was doing that right. uh, and take uh, that I, personal responsibility. When I was getting divorced from my kid's biological dad, somebody said, um, read codependent no more. Mm. And I was like, I'm not codependent. And, and that, right, I thought, now I know as soon as somebody utters those words, they need to go read that book, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. again, if you don't know what you don't know, and I never realized really what codependency was, right? Yeah. But it's like when you're running around with glass that's empty, As a coach, do you do you find, I guess, most of the people that probably come and interact with you are very similar to me. Like, they're open enough that they're ready to hear some of the hard things. Mm-hmm. But have you ever run into a client that just is not ready to hear what what's next? Yeah, usually I can lead those out on the discovery call. Mm-hmm. And you get to the end of the call and they're asking, well, how much does it cost to work with you? And you give them right. a couple of things to go do and they get... I'll, I'll usually say, go do this, and then, you know, get back to me and let me know how it goes, and then, you know, you never hear back from them. Yeah. So, yeah, when you, when you get good at, at discovery calls, and you get good at weeding those people out. Yeah. So, um, usually, they don't make it past the discovery call. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're really good at fooling themselves as well as everyone else. Right. So, occasionally, you, you know, you'll get a different client, but 
it's very rare these days. Yeah, yeah, I used to have a really hard time with that when I started because I really wanted to help everyone. Right. When I realized the value of what I had to offer, uh, not even financially, but just, oh my gosh, I hadn't even recognized this as a skill. Mm-hmm. And when I when I reframed it in that perspective, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell everyone. You know, everyone <laughs> needs to know. Ah! Um, yeah. You know, so you have that. That, that was really hard because right. it took me a while of, of coaching some people who just weren't weren't ready right. to yeah. weren't open to that. And there's three steps, right? So you have awareness, then you have acceptance, mm-hmm. and then you have inspired action. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you have some people that may be kinda aware they need to do something different, so they're looking but they haven't really accepted the fact that they right. need to do something different. Yeah. So until they accept the fact they need to do something different yeah. and they're ready to take action, they might not know what action to take, but they're ready to take the action, yeah. nothing will change. Yeah, I, I liken that very much to a smoker's journey because I, I was a smoker at one point and I was like, you know before you have the first cigarette, you're very aware that this is a bad idea. Right. You do it anyway, <laughs> repeatedly for years, um, you know, and then you and, and then you get to the point where you have accepted that you need to quit. Like it's harming your physical capabilities. It's you know harmful, you know, to you know other people, the environment, whatever that you know road you take or of of acceptance, right? Um, but even even with those two. Even having those two is sometimes not enough. Right. You have to go, okay, this is the line in the sand that I'm drawing, period. Like, this is important, more important to me to stop this behavior than it is to continue. And that, that's yeah. a really interesting, interesting flip that happens there. And yeah. it's, it's usually instantaneous. Right. Like, People are, you know, you hear people say you have to just make the decision, right? And that's such a hard concept for people to understand if they've never been through a shift like that, right? But it really is like one decision and then it's over. It changes everything instantly, right? But right, you don't get it if you haven't been through it. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, whenever I hear somebody say, "Oh, knowledge is power." I can't remember who first said that quote, but I would love to strangle them. Right. Because you can have all the knowledge in the world and you have no power. Mm-hmm. So inspired, you take that knowledge and you turn it into inspired action. Yeah. That's when you have power. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, it's very similar. Affirmations. Yeah. Exactly. I love affirmations. I too. love affirmations. They have to be work for you, right? They have to resonate with you. You can't just take somebody else's stock affirmation unless you read it and go, "Oh my gosh, I have to do this every day." Right. Then then great, that one will work for you. Yeah. But but even if you say something, you're like, "I am so happy and grateful now that I have a million dollars." But you sit on the couch all day, right? That is that affirmation is garbage, right? Uh, Jim Rohn has a quote that I love, 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 and it says, "Affirmations without action is the beginning of delusion." Yes, it really is, and yeah. so people get some people get so stuck at the beginning of their their self improvement journey on that affirmation piece 
and then get mad that nothing's happening. Right. But they haven't backed up any of it with actual action. It, like that was the secret missing from the secret, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that in theory, but right. you still have to do the things. Yeah, you have to take the action. Yeah. Absolutely. This gal I was talking about earlier, she's been such a rock star. Because the things that I gave her to do, she did. Yeah. Right? And that's why she made the progress that she made. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. So tell everyone a little bit more about how we can reach you if we want to talk about our financial journey. All right. So um, best way is to email me. And then no matter, I mean, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and all of that stuff, but just email me, super simple, Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, dot, blue, just like the color, yeah. at wealthwave, so like riding a wave yeah. of money, dot com. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, I have really enjoyed chatting with you. Of course, we'll have lots more opportunities to chat. Yes, thank I've... you so much for having me yeah. today. It's been just, awesome. Yeah. When you asked me, I was like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just, I, I get so excited because I know that there are powerful stories and powerful journeys, and that is how we affect actual change in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.